the Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus, and as a test, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. Can you hear me all right? Okay, okay. Uh, My microphone melted in church a couple weeks ago. It electrocuted me, and I had to shout the whole sermon. So I got my shouting voice installed, so it's working good if you need me. Even the organist could hear me. So that was a pretty good night. Um, Pharisees and Sadducees got along like cats and centipedes. Okay? They don't get along at all. Uh, they, I don't know if you have cats, but they despise centipedes and they play with them and then kill them. And, um, uh, but the Pharisees and Sadducees argued about the most elementary things. Is there even a heaven? Is there an afterlife? Are there angels? And they disagreed. The Pharisees would have sided with us on those things. The Sadducees would not have. So uh, that tells you some things. I like how Pastor Sutton used to put it. They were sad, you see, just about their doctrine in general. Um, That's always stuck with me. My associate is a genius in more than one way. Um, So, and, and for them to come together to test Jesus is also remarkable. So Jesus answered them, when it is evening, you say it'll be fair weather because the sky is red. In the morning, you say it'll be stormy weather today because the sky is red and threatening. How do we say that today? Red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky in morning, sailors take warning, usually. Um, Where did sailors get that? From this passage. Um, And that's old, standard uh, weather wisdom. Why is that so? Well, when is the sky ever red? Only when there are clouds that reflect, reflect the sun below the clouds. You understand that? The sun above the clouds, the sky can't possibly be red. It's only when the sun is below the clouds that the sky will turn red to show the fieriness of the sun and so forth. So in the morning, that's bad because uh, what's happening in the morning? The clouds are on their way, right? But what's happening in the afternoon? In the evening, the clouds are going. So in general. Um, And Jesus continues then, you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. So sky, good, but what times is he talking about? He's talking about the arrival of the Messiah. You have all of these clues in the Old Testament And you can't even tell that the Messiah was going to show up. Um, He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. If you line up the books of the Old Testament, beginning with Genesis to Deuteronomy, you have, it's going to be a child of Eve. It's going to be a prophet like Moses. Uh, You get into Isaiah, he is going to be what? He's going to be born in Bethlehem. That's Micah, actually. But he'll be called Emmanuel. He will come and be persecuted by you guys, Isaiah and Jeremiah would say, uh, often. 
Um, the other minor prophets had all kinds of marks of, of the Savior, especially, wow, especially Zechariah. If any of you were reading or listening to my devotions the last two months on Zechariah, he's really the prophet of Holy Week, isn't he? The whole passion of the Savior, but especially Holy Week. Zechariah will talk about the 30 pieces of silver riding into the into the into Jerusalem on a donkey and so forth and being nailed to the cross the resurrection is all in Zechariah of course at this point that hasn't happened yet but it's about to happen but everything else except it's it, it's as if Jesus was saying you know all of the old testament except Zechariah has been fulfilled there's not much left it's about to all happen um and so Jesus judges them an evil and adulterous generation seeks a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah, and he left them and went away. So Jesus goes off. How would we say it if you were writing it yourself? He went off in a huff. Yeah. I haven't seen many people go off in a huff in my life, but my mother was one. My mother could go off in a huff. Um, occasionally. Um, um, I'll be delighted to have you all meet my mother in heaven. Uh, what an amazing uh, lady she was. Uh, but um, what is the sign of Jonah? What might they have been thinking of? Well, Jonah, right, expressed judgment on Nineveh. That's the second half of the book. He gets stuck in a whale's gullet for uh, three days, that's the chapter two of the book, right? Um, is there some other mysterious meaning behind Jonah? Uh, I wonder if the Pharisees and Sadducees wondered. Because if you take away the, 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 the Nineveh judgment and you take away the, the fish, what are you left with in Jonah? The big plant. Do you remember the big plant at the end? It grows up over him as shadow, as a, to give him shade, and then a worm comes and eats it. Do you remember this part of Jonah? And, uh, and Jonah gets mad about that. And God says, shouldn't I be concerned about everything? You're worried about a plant and a worm? And shouldn't I be worried about Nineveh? Um, and then the beginning of the story is the storm that God sends into the Mediterranean to catch him and so forth. So whatever they were thinking, what does Jesus really mean? It's the whale, isn't it? It's the three days and three nights in the whale. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be sad when it comes to the Pharisees who have rejected him. That's, that's where I get that from. These guys are, have not only rejected him, but they're now attacking him and looking for a way to kill him. And so he says, I get, you, you have the signs. What am I going to do with you? That's, that's a human huff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's let's move away from that. Then I, I withdraw my comment, if you like. 
Although, secretly, I'm going to hold on to it. When, when his disciples came to the other side, this is the lake, they had forgotten to take bread along. <laughs> Does it happen to you, or is it just me? You walk into a room and you forget why you went there? I fought to set aside time last night to go to the grocery store. Um, I made sure the dishes were done, the, 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 the cats were taken care of, both ends, and I, I had uh, done cleaning, I had taken care of my bills to get time to go to the grocery store. Drove to the grocery store, got out of the car. Why am I here? I thought, I now understand every funny thing Bob Newhart ever said. I just, all of a sudden, I got, I got it all. Um, I, and I, I bought one thing and came home. I, just, I still don't know why I went, why it was a big deal. But let's look at this, though. So they forgot, that, and it's a human thing to forget something. They forgot to take along bread, although that was their one source of food. Jesus said to them, Watch out and be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And now they're thinking one thing, and Jesus is thinking another. They are in marriage counseling. What do we call this? They're talking past each other. There's nothing in this conversation that is connected. It happened quite a few times this weekend. I became a temporary robot grandfather for three days this weekend. My son Eric brought home from school a mechanical electronic baby to take care of. Um, and so I became a robot grandpa because I had to teach my son how to do all the stuff. How do you, when, when I'm, and he, he came to me and he said, I already got points off because they don't know how to hold the baby's head up. He said, what do you do about that? And I, I said, well, you got to hold the baby's head up. The problem is it's plastic and it's attached, so it doesn't flop. You know, and I said, well, you've got to hold it like this. And how do you teach a boy to hold a, a, a baby? What's the perfect analogy? Like a football. And then he got it. You know, so the head goes in the, I, I told, in the stinky part of your arm, right? You shove the head up in here to hold, if you're going to walk around with a baby like that. And, uh, and, there, and also this baby was not in newborn size. This baby, the size of this baby was, what is that, about uh, three months? This was not a newborn, you know, thing. Um, so, and it, but it cried, and it cried a lot. And sometimes it would coo, and Eric would be, how do you get it to coo like that? I'm like, well, treat it nicely, you know, you um, my, the, the thing was, he was the first person in his class to, to volunteer. Um, and I told him, uh, use your voice. Talk to it. Talk to the baby. Her name was Athena. Talk to her as if you love her. Why? Because then your hands will do what your voice does. You know, if you just complain, I'm really tired and I don't want to do this right now. You know, how are you going to grab the baby then? That's how you're going to grab the baby, you're, you know. And, and I told him, to, oh, what do you need, honey? And pick her up and, and love her and grab the fake bottle and you have to hold it at a certain angle because there's a chip in the, in the nipple of the bottle and, and, and 
diaper that wouldn't it be great if you only had to have two diapers one is on and one's ready to go on that's what their life was you know they weren't even real diapers it was just a snap thing like a onesie but how easy he had it but he did however have to give up going to something at Bethany College this weekend was theater physics that's the big comedy review and Eric is a senior a whole bunch of classmates and friends were in this and he had to miss it because he had a baby and the problem and although I offered would you like me to take care of the baby for you while you're doing that but no Eric has an armband with an electronic chip and the baby does too so he couldn't so he had to miss it and he didn't realize that that was the case and his his brother didn't tell him the theater physics was this weekend so I did feel bad for him because he they don't record that he can never see it you know so he missed it for but I, I told him what every parent would well, that's going to happen when you have a, you know, but uh, I felt bad for him about that. Because that was, that really hurt his feelings. He, he really felt bad about that. Um, but uh, anyway, they were, so he and I this weekend were talking past each other in a lot of ways, in the same way. We were, I was talking from experience, and I realized, of course, of all my sons, he never saw me parenting because he was the last one. So Jonathan, Benjamin, Peter all got to see me parenting babies this way. Eric never got that. He just got parented. Um, so uh, I got to teach him things that I used to teach his brothers. What do you do when you give the baby the bottle? You say a little prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. It's the simplest thing. But that's when you start teaching First of all, the child, but also reminding yourself, yeah, when we eat, we should give thanks to God, and so forth. And how do you burp a plastic baby? We practice with our cats. Pick up the cat, throw it over the shoulder, rub the cat's back. The cat loves it. You know, and then, you know, burp and burp and burp and burp. And the baby would eventually burp and, and, and so forth, but... I'm sorry, let's get back to the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Let's talk about yeast. Yeast is an organic culture that permeates the whole lump of dough. It is, you don't know that word because it's misspelled. <laughs> it is in this sense an infection in the dough, in a manner of speaking. And in the way, the way Jesus is talking about it, that's the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Their teaching is an infection that will get into everything if you let it. It has to be rejected. You cannot be patient with false teaching when, it, when it's the false teacher who's doing it. If it's their congregation member, you can be patient. That's why Luther differentiates between the priests and the poor members. You know, I'm sorry I didn't catch on, the, on to that until I was in my 50s with regard to how we treat people of other denominations. You know, nobody in the pew or very few people in the pew of most churches knows their doctrine and they're confused when you talk about differences in doctrine. Um, and uh, yeah, that's one thing I would change if I could go back and change anything. But nevertheless, well, the disciples are discussing this among themselves. Remember, they've talked past each other. It's because we didn't bring any bread. But then Jesus knew what they were saying, and he said, you of little faith. Do you remember that picture? So 
why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you brought no bread? Don't you still understand? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you picked up? How many basketfuls was it for the five loaves? Twelve fanny pack sized baskets? Remember what we used for the basket for the feeding of the 4,000? It's a great big laundry basket, the kind my mom used to have, which we used to play hide-and-go-seek in. Like a three-foot-tall, you know, two-and-a-half-feet-wide, big old wicker basket. And uh, how many of those did they pick up with leftovers? Seven. That's Paul in the basket there. Same word for basket as we get in, in Paul going out of Damascus. This is the seven loaves for the 4,000. And how many basketfuls you, basketfuls you picked up? How is it that you do not understand that I was not talking to you about bread? Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. This, I'm going to use the word culture again. Because not only does that work with yeast, but also with false teaching, doesn't it? It's a culture that infects. It's a way of thinking a way of doing things that infects the doctrine. And then they understood that he was not warning them about ye the yeast and bread, but about the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Um, so the Sadducees' false teaching was that they openly rejected whole sections of the Old Testament. In fact, of the 39 books of the Old Testament, the Pharisees accepted how many? Five. Just Moses. Yeah. The Pharisees accepted all of the Old Testament. Um, but what did they do? They added on to the other end with their oral laws and things like that and their customs and their traditions. So the Sadducees have too little. The Pharisees have too much. But both ways... Um, are an infection in the church. Now following this, Jesus came or went into the region of Caesarea Philippi. Uh, and he asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Do you see where he's headed? This is probably the most important clue about a miracle that's coming up. So this is a pretty good map, although I got it from, forgive me, I got this map from the Watchtower Society. You know who that is? That's the JWs, yeah, but it's a pretty good map, however. Uh, so Jesus was just at Magadan, which they've put um, at one point on the Sea of Galilee. He, they've gone across probably to Bethsaida for this conversation about, the, about yeast, and now he's traveling north up into the highlands of what we call the Golan Heights and so forth up beyond there. In the Old Testament, Bashan and those big high hills, they're not rugged and mountainous. They're high hills with grass. So what's up there grazing all the time? It's not even the sheep. It's cow country. It's wonderful cow country. Um, in fact, that some of the prophets would, uh, as, a, as a derogatory statement, 
would fer, refer to the women of the Northeast as you cows of Bashan. Not a very nice thing to say. Uh, but that's, that's the point, though. You're like those cows up in Bashan, and you guys are up in Bashan, and what do you do? You worship false doctrine, uh, false idols and stuff. Do you have a hand up, Beth? The strong bulls of Bashan are just, uh, not, not about this place, but it's about if, uh, <clears throat> when I was four, I went back to Chilton, Wisconsin, to my great uncle Paul's dairy farm. And my mother, God bless my mother, this is her second appearance today, isn't it? Rather, uh, she got worried about me but she did keep taking snapshots of what was happening. She never put the camera down to run to get me. She just made a film record of the whole thing. And what happened was, I got out of the pasture, just taking a walk. I went through, the, through a gap in the fence and went for a walk out in the pasture. And pretty soon, I had 30 cows surrounding me with their horns toward me. Um, I was four years old. I didn't know what to do. What's the danger there with cows and a child, a small child? Trampling. It's not that the cows were going to attack me, but if they got spooked, I, you know, they're going to treat me like a stone or a cat or whatever, right? They're just going to, you know, they're going to hurt. And, um, and, but it was this, I was surrounded by these, they weren't bulls, but that's the idea, is you're surrounded by horns basically my uncle paul who had an eye patch he had one eye was put out in the war but so mom's pictures include uncle paul walking out to me she must have been taking like shot 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 because it was just i think the camera was brand new or something i don't know but wow do we have a record of this incident in my life uncle paul walking out to me pushing bossy aside like move over you he, he usually called them by a name I won't use in public. And then he would pull me, and then he pulled me through, and I got out. And meanwhile, he's telling me where not to step and stuff like that. And, you know, but little boy in a, you know, I had a shirt and tie on. It was obviously Sunday afternoon and whatever. So, yeah. So Jesus takes him up to Caesarea Philippi. Do you see the top of the map, what it says? It's, you can't read the whole word, but it's Mount Hermon. Or Hermon, but I don't care if you say Mount Hermon for the rest of your life. Okay? Why is that significant? Because the transfiguration's about to happen, and we don't know where the transfiguration happened. And all over Galilee, there are like tourist signs Mount of Transfiguration here, Mount of Transfiguration there, but where's Jesus headed? Way up north into Mount Hermon. Probably where the Mount of Transfiguration happened, but. Don't know for sure. So, uh, there was a strong tradition that it was on Mount Tabor, which is back by Galilee, but this seems like it's a pretty good spot. So, they You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.